fall look like with springtime? Everybody has springtime colors on. Our resident Coast Guard and that guy over here. Uh, looking good, looking good. Uh, we thank God because it's springtime, isn't it not? And we should be happy and we should be joyous and we should be loving this time of year. This is not a time where we should be all dreary and, and sad. This is a time we should be thanking God for this time and for this season that we are in. We're probably going to have to turn those B speakers off again, uh, if you would. Now, we want to ask God to help us today. He has been a wonderful God, but what he woke us up with was a little troubling. And we should not be troubled, but it's troubling. Because he asked something. He said, how long? And when God asks the question, how long, then you get a little troubled because you're not sure what he is about to say. So we're going to have a word of prayer and going to see what God said about the statement he made, how long. So let's join together at this time for a word of prayer. When he said, how long, we said, Lord, as a... As a son would always say when his father came in and said, what did I do? <laughs> when you hear your full name called, you knew what was going on. Amen. He said, Lord, how long? I said, what do we do, Lord? So he said, I want you to turn to 1 Kings this morning. 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. And when we see this, the Lord is, is not angry, the Lord is trying to get our attention because like it or not, we just moved into a new season closer to the coming of the just one. We've come into a new season because he is coming and he is coming sooner today than he was yesterday. And so he said, I need we all to understand we have moved from this section or this portion of this age to this last portion and he said, how long? And he said in 1 Kings, if we would, in verse, chapter 18, verse 21, Elijah was speaking to Israel. And, and Israel had been uh, uh, um, uh, involved a little too much in the environment around them. What they, what they had become uh, 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 exactly like their people that are around them. And, 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 and he had gotten to the point where Israel started to worship strange gods. And God sent Elijah. And Elijah said in verse 21, he said, And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long? How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And what did the people say? And the people answered him, Not a word. See, when, when the man comes and makes this statement, you're not sure. You say, I... I there's no right answer. <laughs> and so they were a little nervous. They didn't know what to do. But God had sent his messenger. He said, how long will you halt between two opinions? If God be God, be with him. If Baal, then what? Be with him. It's your decision. And that's what's so wonderful about our God, this liberty that Christ gives us. He said, you can decide what you want to decide. I'm not going to force you to accept me, but let me tell you this. 
If you don't accept me, if you don't follow the gospel, if you don't follow Jesus, there will be consequences. And he said, look, Israel, what are we going to do? Are we going to go or are we going to stay? Are you going to believe or are you going to be damned? Which one are you going to do? Because we're moving into a portion in this age that the decisions have to be made now. And he's talking to Israel, right? He's not talking to those who don't know him. He's not talking to those who have never heard of, of, of the great and good, the goodness of God. He, what he's done, he's talking to us and says, how long will you halt between two opinions? Do we see that? Yeah. And it's very, it can make you a little old edge because he's accusing us of something this morning. Does God accuse falsely? So if he's accusing us, this is a righteous accusation, isn't it? We are halted between two opinions. Somewhere in our existence, somewhere in our life, we have going, we're, we're, we're over here with Baal, and some places we're over here with God. Now how could that be? Let's go to Numbers, if you would. Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14. Because he had the same problem with Israel. We always want to look at our brothers in the Bible. Can we accept the fact that these people we read about were our, our, our ancestors? They're our brothers and sisters? Because they have to be. We, were just, we are just as nutty as they were. And if it was us instead of them, we would probably have done the same thing. But in Numbers chapter 14, he, he was a little disturbed with them once again, and he asked the same question in Numbers chapter 14 in verse 11. He said, and the Lord said unto Moses, what did he say? How long? How long will this people provoke me? See, when we're halted between two opinions, we're provoking God. He said, how long will they provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe me? For all the signs which I have showed among them. God is standing back talking to Moses and said, haven't I given them enough? Haven't I proved myself enough to them? Why are they still halted between two opinions? Why are they still provoking me? And what's so sad about this particular point in Numbers 14, God called it over. See, we had to realize that too. God says, my, I have infinite mercy. My mercy is everlasting. It endures forever. But I give a clock for you people. How long is his question? And when he starts to ask the question, how long, we need to start paying attention. Because how long is sometimes followed by, it is done. I'm moving on. Lord, would that be an awful declaration on us. I'm done. It is finished. I'm moving on. Seventy weeks were determined upon a people, weren't they? To make an end of sin. And what happened at the stoning of Stephen? That was there. It is done. We don't know where we are in this 70 weeks of our existence. But God is asking the question this morning, how long? So guess what? The decision is about to be made for Israel. Now we're not talking about those who don't know, but we're talking about those who do know and have heard and either accepted or refused. God is asking how long this morning? Amen? God made a point, Jesus made a point in the book of Luke. At Luke chapter six, 16, Luke chapter 16. He made a point in Luke chapter 16. 
Jesus was asking and presenting this case. He said, look, I know my people are going to need to know this. He said, I need to make this point so they will understand that the impossible nature of dual citizenship. You can't have that. And in 13th, 16th chapter of Luke in verse 13, 16 of Luke, verse 13, he said, no servant can do what? Serve two masters. Now, Jesus said that, right? So that's a fact. <laughs> no matter what we try to do or how we try to manipulate that, it is a fact you cannot serve two masters. And what also is, is, is embedded in this particular statement, you are somebody's what? Servant. servant. Now, know you either serving Christ or you're serving Belial, or you're serving Jesus or you're serving Satan. One of them you're serving at all times, and he said you can't serve both at the same time because they're total opposites. Right? He said, either, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Cannot. Jesus makes this statement, so it is true. How long are we going to be halted between two opinions? How long will we try to straddle the fence? Anybody ever straddled a fence before? It never turns out good. It never does. Everybody try to jump over a fence and didn't quite make it. It never turns out good. No, not, not, not at all. Not at all. But God said, look, I need you to understand. I'm asking you this question. How long? How long will you refuse me? How long? Because I've done everything I can. He said, I've shown, he showed Israel, he said, I've shown the miracles, I've shown my power. See, we can look back and see Israel. We can look back and see the, the resurrection of Christ. We can see the miracles of Peter and Paul. And we can see all those things knowing that God is real and why we should believe in him wholeheartedly. But, but how long will we be deceived or choose to be deceived? He kept asking this question throughout Israel's existence. Go to Joshua, if you would, chapter 24. He kept asking this same question, how long? He said, there is a decision and a choice to make for all of my people, not only as a collective body, but also individually. How long this morning will we halt between two opinions? Because we can't love God and love Satan, can we? We can't, we, if, we, if we hate Satan, we, we, we love in God, if we, but if we love Satan, we hating God. Now, how do we love Satan? Romans chapter 6 teaches us that whoever will you are following or obeying is who is your master. And so when your master, if you are serving the will of Satan, and we have little clues that we can find out if we are, because Satan has a long list of things that he requires of his people. And if we're participating in these things, who are we serving? Satan, right? So we don't really have to go and call somebody to find out what we're doing. We have to go to the book and say, well, Lord, that is wrong. You said that is wrong. That means I'm serving who? Satan. Now, what's wonderful about God is this. You can serve Satan, and all of a sudden it can become temporary. Because you can cry out like we learned this morning. When we cry out in the midst of the battle that we're losing in the battle of temptation, we cry out. He said, I will hear you. I will save you from being a slave to that taskmaster. Aren't you glad you serve a God like that? In the midst of your foolishness, you cry out, Lord, help me. And he says, I'm here for you. And now you stop serving him. 
Now that's where we're going, Joshua 25, 24, Joshua chapter 24. He asked this same question in Joshua 24, verse 15. God is so wonderful. He's asking a question that we really need to pay attention to this morning. For I know it is for me, and I'm not sure, well, I know it's for all of us. But somebody is right here at this moment, at this point. And he says, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord. Now that sounds strange, doesn't it? If it seem evil to serve the Lord. Now, how could somebody make such a statement? It's a true statement because it does seem evil to us to serve the Lord when God asks us to do something we don't want to do. I don't want to make that change. That's, no. And you call it evil because it's against your evilness. <laughs> you, you want to be what you want to be, and God says, well, I don't need you to be that way because that's wrong. And you call good evil. Amen? So he said, if it seems, uh, 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 what is it? Uh, if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve. Now, then he, he breaks it down on this earthly plane. He says, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. He said, look, these, you can serve these gods. This is, represents Satan. Choose you if you want to worship Satan and do what Satan asks you to do and act like Satan's little minions. Or you can do what? Serve the true and the living God. But he said, I want you all to know something. Joshua said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Your house can burn up and catch flames of hell upon it. That's up to you. But me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Choose you today. Today, who you will serve. How long is this question this morning? How long will we be, will they call it uh, uh, lukewarm? See, Israel knows God. And Israel is known of God. And this is why God is asking Israel this morning. Go to Numbers if you would. Numbers chapter 14. How long will we be halted between two opinions? How long? Lord help us. Numbers 14. Look back in Numbers 14. Remember he said earlier, he said, look, what's wrong with these people? How long will they provoke me to anger? And then he, he continued down in this same chapter where we're going in, in the 14th chapter of Numbers in verse 22. He said, because all those men which have been seen my glory and my miracles which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have tempted me now these ten times and have not hearkened to my voice. He said, this is why he's passing, he was passing judgment on these people. Why? Because they have seen God. They have experienced God. They have been beneficiaries of the presence of God. That's why Israel had no excuse. And at this point, God says, I'm done with this. He said, these 10 times, I've, they've seen my miracles. They've seen my kindness. They've seen my ability to provide. They've seen me do all these things, yet they provoke me to anger because they're choosing another God. How did Israel choose another God? They did not believe in the true God. See, the whole wilderness experiences was supposed to teach them to trust God. Was supposed to teach them that God is their provider and that God loves them, and they don't have to whine and murmur and complain or try somebody else's method, that they have a God who will do it all. But they missed it. They kept saying, we'll go back to Egypt. 
they kept saying, make us a god so we can follow it back to Egypt. They, they kept saying, we can go back and make negotiations back to, 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 to the, 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 the devilment that we cried 400 years to get out of. How long? And unfortunately, this is what God's answer was. Verse 23, surely they have, th surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoke me see it. See, God has a limit. I believe the uh, testimonies say there's a limit to divine forbearance. There's a limit. I don't know the limit. Obviously, none of y'all know the limit. Because, you know, we talked about this morning. If we really knew the limit of where God was going to draw the line, you know what we spent our life doing? Getting as close to that line as we could. I'm going to sin, I'm going to sin. Well, you see, it's right there. I'm, I'm, I'm. So God, he didn't let us know what a limit is. But I want you all to know this morning, there is a limit. And unfortunately, you might not even know where it is and when it was crossed. And you'll end up with a reprobate mind and not know what happened. The kinder God has been to you, the more you owe God. The, the, he's been so kind that, you know, the, the greatest sinner on earth should be the greatest saint. That's why y'all in this room now. Amen? Amen. We're trying to learn to be good saints. Because we mastered sin, didn't we? We figured that out pretty good. We were known as sinners. We were, we, we were experts at it. We could, we could get around it and make it work for us. That's why God says, you owe me more than anybody else. So we, we ought to love God, shouldn't we? Amen. But he had pronounced judgment upon Israel. He said, none of you are going to see it. None of you are going to get to the promised land. None of you are going to get what God wants us to get in the end of this age if we keep doing what? Halting between two opinions. The Lord said, verse 24, but my servant Caleb, because he had a what? Spirit. Whose spirit did Caleb have? I'll say that again now. I, this, is, this is because you all know better. I don't let you get away with stuff. Christ is not a spirit. So whose spirit did Caleb have? There you go. Whose spirit did Christ have? Amen. All right. Christ was full of the Holy Spirit. Caleb was full of the Holy Spirit. Guess where the Holy Spirit filled people going? To the promised land. Amen. Because when you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, somebody's spirit in you. We're going to call him what? The unholy spirit. Amen? So you're either filled with the unholy spirit, which causes you to do these things, or you're filled with the Holy Spirit, which causes you to do these things. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. We do know that the body is simply a vessel for the spirit. It is the one that acts it out. The wishes of the spirit is acted out in the body. Amen? So when you call upon the Holy Spirit of God, then when he's in you, you can't do but holy things. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Don't you, aren't you now happy that you don't have to work out to do these things? That you don't have to, I'm learning how to be holy. No. Your whole life is a surrender project. You are simply surrendering to the only spirit that can do holy things. Therefore, we can't take credit for it too, can we? I fed 14 people today. <laughs> if it was righteous, you didn't do it. <laughs> Amen. Amen? It was him in you. 
Isn't that the hope of glory? Yes. And this is what we're at today. But what happened, they were so filled with another spirit, they missed the promised land. But Caleb was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he hath followed me, how? Fully. And this is what we're going to talk about, <coughs> by God's grace. Followed me fully. See, when you're halted between two opinions, you're not following anybody fully. You're just a waste of life. Follow somebody fully. What did Joshua say? Hey, if you're going to worship Baal, Wayne, worship him. Fully. <laughs> I wouldn't suggest you. If you're going to worship God, you've got to do it fully. Amen. He said, Caleb followed me fully. Him will I bring into the land whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it. That's the promise of God. If we follow, follow him fully, not follow him partially, not follow him to things that naturally resonate with our soul and our, and our present carnal spirit. See, there's some things in the word of God that we just pick up like that because that's us and we can relate to it. But there's some things in the word of God and in his spirit that, that causes us a little discomfort and we tend to shun that. The temperance that is involved in serving God, the, the discipline it, that is involved in serving God, most people can't handle that. But some sun worshipers can because they understand discipline. The athletes, as I think it was, Peter, uh, uh, was uh, uh, Peter or Paul, was talking about training. You know, they had the Olympics back then, and they trained, and they disciplined their body, and they disciplined their activity because that was the only way to get to the goal that they were trying to get to. What do you think this is? It's a discipline. Where do you think the word disciple comes from? We're under the discipline of Christ. And we have to learn to be disciplined and so we can follow him fully. Now, discipline causes us to put down some things, doesn't it? It causes us to put away some things, right? It, it, even some things that might be lawful, but they're not expedient. If you're having trouble with high blood pressure, it might be lawful to get you a piece of marinated tofu, but it's not expedient. Why? Because your circumstance calls, tells you you can't have that. Be disciplined. And don't sit there and whine and say, everybody else eating it. Everybody else ain't, uh, is not sick. Now, but what about the discipline that God says? I need your whole life to be lined up with my way. Can we do that? Do we want to do that? Yes. It's going to cause us to change. It's going to cause things to change. It's going to cause you to lose friends. It's going to cause you to, 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 to lose selfishness. It's going to cause you something you've done all your life you won't do anymore. Can you get rid of it for his sake? Oh, we pray. And this is what he's asking today. It's time to give him all. All of it. Every aspect of your life. I'm going to be silly just right now. He's going to ask you to give up your toothpaste. He didn't say stop brushing your teeth. He's going to ask you, you need to stop using that deodorant. He's going to ask you these things. And you're going to say, well, Lord, I've been using this Fred's Dollar Store deodorant all my life. It is four for a dollar. I don't know why my lymph glands are all messed up. God says, you don't have to understand. I need you to change this. 
And then we're going to get to a point where we're going to say, everything got changed. Yes. You've been a full sinner. We're trying to follow him fully. So don't you think everything's going to change? And it's all right. Let it go. Whatever it is, let it go. Let it go. Can we do that? Do we want to do that? But self is the biggest obstacle because self is strong in us. What happens if God says, Isaiah, you got to leave Dunkin' Donuts alone. (laughs) And you'll say, Lord, why? I got to leave it. He said, son, there's no donuts in the kingdom. I want you to be happy in the kingdom. I don't want you to have that, that transition be too hard for you when you go to the kingdom and you're looking for a blueberry glaze and it ain't there. That's what I want you to do. I want you to go get some blueberries. I want you to go get, see, there's going to be 12 manner of fruit on a, on a tree. And I, I want you to be used to eating that. Is it all right? Oh, what happens if he says, Jay, Jay, uh, I, I, I'm going to need you to do something for me. Uh, 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 I'm going to need you to, 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 to stop listening to the radio like that. I'm going to need to do that for me. Oh, Lord, Lord. But I'm listening to, to you know, sometimes, most of the time, this, this Christian station, <laughs> he said, Jay, I need you to do that for me. But you didn't ask him to do that. <laughs> he said, Jay, I know you better than you know yourself. I need you to stop doing that because I'm trying to get you over into the kingdom. Isn't God wonderful? He makes it specific. There's some generalities, but he knows us specifically. He said, you know, I know you got an issue with that. So I need you to do that for me. And I'll help you do it. I'll give you all the power of heaven to make you change that in your system. It's just when we want to take it back is the problem. And see, see, I've learned these things, especially as it relates to diet. I've learned these things over the years, that there is never a plateau with Jesus. You just keep going and keep going and keep going. And the more he refines you, the more you know who he is. Which is much given is much required. Moses, a lot was required of him. What he did wouldn't have got anybody else kicked out. The promised land. But Moses sat with Jesus. He sat so close to Jesus, his face was, on, was glowing when he came off the mountain. He said, much is given. You know me better than they do. I have to, I have to hold you up. And you know Moses was all right with that? Mm-hmm. Moses didn't whine and complain. He did ask a couple of times, are you sure, Lord, I, you know, I can't really? He said, don't ask me about that no more. Mm-hmm. But Moses was okay. Mm-hmm. Moses understood there was a discipline necessary. We must understand there's a discipline necessary because he's asking us the question, how long this morning? We got to stop serving Baal and trying to serve Christ at the same time. We all right with that? It's time to follow him fully. Go to Hebrews, if you would. No, no. Let's go to 2 Timothy first. 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. He, remember what he's saying this morning. You all should be excited. You all should be happy. If it's a little hot, Isaiah, if you could take that down to 70. Okay, uh, so everybody can breathe in here. <laughs> now, look at this. He said, it's time to give him all, 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 and walk with him how? Fully. 
Then that means on the job too, doesn't it? Does it mean at the home? Does it mean with your relationships with each other? You know, God has a, t- a, a, a way of us relating to each other. He has a way to date, if you want to call it date. He has a way to be married. He said, if, oh, if you just do it the way I do it, man, it's going to be a wonderful experience. Anybody been married, and in the midst of your marriage, you turn your heart over to the Lord? <laughs> it's a wonderful thing because you learn more about what you thought you knew what you were doing and you become close and you have the love of God in your heart and things get real cool then anybody start raising children and all of a sudden you realize I'm really messing these kids up Lord help me I don't know what I'm doing and the Lord says oh that's all I've been waiting on move out of the way let me show you what to do. Amen? Amen? This is the promise of God. That's why he said, how long will you hold between? You don't have to be that way anymore. You can be like me. You can be with me. And all that you do will be like me. And then we can all rejoice together. And then we've learned this morning the purpose of evangelism. Oh, when we are true evangelists, because we have given our life fully over to him, it will affect the lives of other people. Other people are struggling and don't know God. You struggling knowing God. So you give them the solution to their struggle. Amen? Because you've tried him. Because you've followed him fully. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. This is the problem. Please beware of this. And he says how long? This is part of our issue. This is part of our selfish problem. And this is, this is the MO that we use. Please be aware of this. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting at verse 3, 2 Timothy 4, starting at verse 3, it says, For the time will come when they will not, what? Why the word endure? Endure gives us a a, a picture of somebody going the long haul, going for it all the way, and however long it takes. You endure, right? He said, they will not endure sound doctrine. Man, they'll come to church (laughs) sometimes. They'll listen. But man, I'm tired of trying to put all that stuff in my life. They don't endure sound doctrine. Beware of this in their life. And what happens? But after their own lust, meaning their selfishness, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They'll go, Michael, they'll go find somebody that agrees with their foolishness. So they say, well, yeah, it's the right idea. I've had people tell me, the Lord told me, the Lord told me, the Lord told me. It's in my spirit. My spirit, I feel it in my spirit. This is the right decision. And, 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 you, and, and, and you say, Lord, and I always tell people, I can't tell you that the Lord didn't tell you something. I can't tell you which Lord you're listening to. And I'm not going to, you know, it's not for me to judge that. But all I know is righteous judgment says what you just said, God ain't never done before. (laughs) It might be something new in Israel. You never know. (laughs) But what happens is, 
when you go to someone and they say, thus saith the Lord, and that thus saith the Lord don't resonate with you because it's going against what you brought to the table. What happens is most people, they go find people of like minds, especially in the Christian world. You can always find a Christian that agree with you, can't you? You know, I, I'm, I'm going to go and, uh, I don't know, I think I, I want to go stand on the street corner and, 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 and on the, in the middle of the ghetto and pass out cupcakes because I feel that God told me to do that. So you go to an elder, a pastor, or an aged woman, and, and you tell them the thing. And you, and, and See, let me tell you something about it. pastors, elders, and aged women. When you ask them a question, who are they contacting? God. Should be, amen. I didn't say old people, I said aged people. Big difference. You know, you can be an old fool. You see, no, not you, you're too young, but you know what I mean. That what they do, they start praying when you ask that question. Because they don't want to have your blood on their head. They're trying to say, Lord, what would you want me to say to them? Have you ever wondered why people don't speak just right off when you come with some foolishness? Lord, I don't know, Lord. What do you want me to say, Lord? I have been silent for minutes before because he didn't tell me anything. And what, what, what I wanted to say was not of God. So when you ask, see this, oh, that's so, see, the totality, the, what God is and what God's structure is is so beautiful because everybody's protected in it. See, when, you, when you're out here on your own and you don't have the structure of God, you, you bounce from place to place and you don't know what's going on. And you ask strange people and Satan tells you these things, but when you're involved in the structure of God, everybody's protected. So that's why elders and aged women and pastors and those things are put there for the edification of the body. And so, so when you ask me something, I'm going to tell you what he said. If you don't want to hear it, don't worry. You're going to find somebody else to talk to because somebody needs to stamp Jesus on your plan. And I ain't the one. Jesus is. You know how people want to stamp Jesus on a plan? They come up with a plan and then pray. <laughs> you ever been like that? You've seen that happen. People, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pray. No. That would be okay if you prayed, got an answer from God, he gave you your plan, then you prayed to say, Lord, I just want to be able to execute your plan. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Pray, plan, pray. Execute. Amen? But itching ears, you, they want people to go, they want to find people who, who want to do what they want to do. Can you always find somebody like that? God says, beware of that. He's telling us, these are the things that stand in our way of doing what he asked us to do, or being what, follow him fully. He said, these are the little tricks of the devil, and one of them was, they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. You ever seen those, that, that, that meme that has a picture of a, a, a thousand people at church and it says preaching what they want to hear and then they have this old empty dilapidated cathedral that says preaching the truth. Mm -hmm. Is that true? 
Now, I'm not saying we are the only people on earth that's preached the truth. But we read the truth every week. And so we might not have 10,000 people. But how many did it take to turn the world around? Twelve. And one of them was a devil. <laughs> Amen? So as long as we stay small, we might only have one or two devils. <laughs> All right. Let's keep going. Go to Hebrews, if you would, chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. We're trying to find these little tricks that the devil is playing that keeps us selfish and keeps us away from what God would want us to be. Hebrews chapter 2. Very interesting statement. In Hebrews 2 verse 1, he says, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have what? Heard. Lest at any time we should let them slip. He said fully. What did he say? Earnest heed. Meaning you heard these things. Amen? Pay attention and follow them. Because if you don't follow what you heard, the Bible says they're going to slip. They're going to slip. They're going to slip. Now, we okay with that? So we got to follow him fully. We can't just get people to think like we do. And we have to pay earnest attention or pay very close attention and put the things that we've heard into practice or they are going to slip from us. Amen? Matthew 16. Not going to be too much longer. He asked us how long. And he told us what the question was about. It was about serving sin or serving, serving the Savior. And then he said, look, I need you to follow me fully, serve me fully, and here are some things you might want to pay attention to because these are things that are happening to us. Matthew 16. The biggest, biggest obstacle of all. And Jesus addressed it. In Matthew 16, verse 24. Matthew 16, verse 24 says, Then said Jesus unto who? Now who were his disciples? That was a special relationship. Those were under the discipline of Christ. These weren't the world, right? It wasn't the world. It wasn't the heathens. It wasn't the Romans. He said, these are the guys who walk with him. He said, I need you to hear me, my disciples. If any man will come after me, let him deny who? and take up his cross and follow me. So what is the first mission of a disciple? Deny himself. Those, those inclinations that we want, those lusts that we have, those, those things that we want to do that, that God told us that not a good idea if we do them. The Lord said, deny himself. Verse 25, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Now, losing a life, we found in, 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 in the book, it says, you were crucified with Christ. This is what he's talking about. Losing that old life. He said, lose that life and gain the life eternal. This old life is positioning you to stand in the eternal death line. He said, please do this for me. Please lose that life. Let that self go. Deny thyself. 
And that's what's so wonderful about the discipline of Christ. It's not a monk discipline. You know how the monks would deny themselves, to prove themselves they were holy. They would go and beat themselves, and they would take vows of silence for, for you know, six months. They would not speak because it was a holy thing to prove everybody they were holy. God doesn't require that. The only thing he requires is to follow him fully. And when you follow, you'll find out what your mission really is, is to love God and love your neighbor. And this is what he's looking for. If you love me, keep my commandments. He said, I need you to follow me fully. Now, if you go to Daniel, <clears throat> we're going to find some fully people. And God is a great God. And he's the same God as he was for Daniel. He's the same God for us. And this is how you get it. If you're stuck in selfishness, if you feel yourself stuck in a rut and, and you can't get out and you know you, you want to do right, but you can't do right because everything about you is wrong. Kind of nobody mentioned anything. But some of us feel that way from time to time. When we know God and we find God and we say, Lord, it's nothing. I, this, how can I do anything for you in this? My mind is off. My body's off. Lord, you're so holy and I'm nothing. Lord, help me, help me. I don't know what to do. He said, I got a formula for you. If you ever need a boost, because everybody needs a boost from time to time. You ever gone down feeling good and you and the Lord having a great time and all of a sudden you just, you know, all of a sudden you, you find yourself it walked away from you? You didn't really realize it until you looked up. And you, needed a, you need a boost. You need to get back home. You need, a back, you need a bus ticket back home. He said, this is how you do it. Daniel chapter 10, starting at verse 2. In those days... <clears throat> I, Daniel, was what? Mourning three full weeks. This is called the discipline of Christ. Three full weeks. And this is what he was doing during those weeks. I ate no pr pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. This Daniel, he said, I didn't, you know, he didn't get the fine things like he used to have. You know, I didn't have the pleasant bread. I, you know, the thing, he said, I got to discipline myself because I'm in mourning. Something's wrong, and I need a boost. Anybody ever heard of fasting? Daniel's fast was a little different than Jesus' fast, but it was the same principle. Jesus ate nothing. Daniel said, I just changed my diet a little bit for 21 days. If you, it's really interesting. When you read all these diet programs, holistic diet programs, you know there's always a 21 day? And some of them don't even know where they came from. It came the same principle of Daniel. 21 days can turn your life around. 21 days can get you back where you need to be. And he said, he, for 21 days, and let's go down to uh, 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 verse uh, 11. And he said unto me, this, he, he met this man, and Gabriel came, and he said, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, Understand the words that I speak unto thee. See, when you make that level of commitment, then guess who will show up? I'm not saying Gabriel's going to show up. But a, heaven, a heavenly messenger will come to you. When you say, I'm going to discipline myself. Father, I need some help. Lord, let me pray and let me fast. Let me follow what you're saying. Why, help me, Lord. And guess what? He will come. Do you believe that? Have you ever had that happen to you? When you said, Lord, I'm fasting and I'm going to pray. Lord, Lord, I'm fasting and praying because you told me to. And he says, I'm here now. 
I needed you to stop for a moment in what you were doing so you could hear me. I remember I was in college, and one of the hardest lessons I learned, I had done what most college people do, you know, smart college people, Nelson. I was smarter than the college, I thought. I'd gotten in my mind that I could go in and knock these tests out, 95, 98, Hey, I ain't got to go to school. I ain't got to go to class. Oh, <laughs> I'd gotten to a point where it all caught up with me. I was wrong. The college was right. The college was, hey, the college, when you signed up for that school, it says, here's the rules. Go to class. And every time you got a syllabus, you know, first thing I'm looking for, how many skip days do I have? <laughs> oh, you know, I had an excuse. You know, I played baseball, so we weren't there half the time in the spring anyway. So he didn't know if it was a game or not. But I got to a point where everything caught up with me. I couldn't call my father. He would kill me. You know how parents are. Oh, son, who was I going to call? I got on my knees and said, Lord, for these three days, I need your help. And I prayed. And I fasted. And a miracle happened. The miracle of miracles happened. I couldn't believe it. Because the man told me, you will not graduate. You will not. I won't. And it was funny, too. He was the dean of, dean of academic affairs who walked up to me. I'm not, out of the blue, I'm not changing any of your grades. And he the man. You know, he, he, he's the one who gets to determine what happens to me? And he, out of the blue, says, I'm not changing any of your grades. See, I had, I had done the programming. I had done the, all the stuff. You know, I'd gotten A's and B's. I just didn't turn it in. Jay, that was, a, that was stupid. I confessed my sin before my God. I said, Lord, I, my arrogance and my pride, forgive me for that. And you know what the Lord did? Three days later, I was in that same man's office, and he said, I don't know why I'm doing this. He said, I, I saw you went and got the paperwork that proved that you did the work in a timely fashion. I don't know why I'm doing this. Now go back to class. See, sometimes even at a young age, you can call on him. Even when you, it is all your fault where you are now, you can call on him. That's the loving God that we serve. Now, he did mention something. He dropped something on me. He said, go and do what? Sin no more. I was in glass. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Going to Daniel. And, and, and well, Daniel, he connected with God because he used God's method. And, and Gabriel came and said, man, you are greatly beloved. God says that to us today. He said, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, fear not, Daniel, for the first day that thou didst thine heart, set thine heart to understand, and to chasten thyself before the Lord, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. Question, what do we have to do? What did Daniel do? He said, I chastened myself before my God. Then he, I prayed, I fasted. 
And you know what happened? The connection was made to heaven, and heaven sent the messenger. And he endured it for 21 days. It could have been the first day, Lynn, but, but something was happening in that heavenly place we talked about this morning. You know, that second heaven, you know, where the, all the fighting happens, something was going on there. There was a prince of, uh, of, uh, of Persia, I believe he was, and, and Gabriel had to wrestle with it. Because, well, that's a whole, better not do that. Uh, he said he sent the messenger. And the prince of Persia worked for who? Satan didn't want Daniel to hear this. Satan knew that if Daniel heard this, Daniel would write it down. Satan didn't want us to have hope today because of what Daniel wrote. And so Satan had his, his angel called the prince of Persia, to fight the angel Gabriel. But guess what happened? Somebody else came. Who came to help Gabriel? Michael, the one who stands for your people. He came. And guess what? He said, now I'm free. And even after this, Gabriel said, I got to go back and fight this, this guy in Greece too. So, I, you know, get this word, I got to go. But that's what the power that comes with the connection with God. So he said, how long will you halt between two opinions? How long will you say that I'm not on your side? We learned down in, at the convocation, God said, I'm with you. What else do you want? Can we serve God fully? Will we serve him fully? Will we leave Baal alone? Sin for a season is not the way to live. Whatever the discipline is, God will give you the power to do it. Don't say you can't. If God says you can, because if God said, let there be light and there was light, when he says, I need you to do this, that power comes with the command, if we accept it. Do we need some discipline in here today? Do we need to understand that God's way is the only way for us? Because we are Israel, are we not? We're spiritual Israel. We are the ones who follow Christ fully. We want to be like Caleb because they're soon going to be the promised land. And who made it to the promised land? Those who had a different spirit. Those who followed him fully. Do we want to make it to this promised land? Amen. Do we want to see the kingdom of heaven? Amen. I don't want to be standing on the outside of that, that great new Jerusalem looking up. You know, when, when all the evil spirits and all the evil people have been marshaled for the last judgment, I don't want to be standing next to Hitler looking up at this wall. I guess I don't have to say Hitler. It could be somebody we know. My old, uh, old running buddies. <laughs> I don't want to stand up and be standing next to some of these politicians or these evangelists. I don't want to be standing up next to these, these world, what do you call them people? One world order people. <laughs> I want to be standing on the wall. I want to be inside the city because God has moved me from where I was to where I'll be. And only he can do that. But we have to participate because we have to stop loving the ways of Baal. Do we need to find out what ways are? Do we know the ways of Baal? Okay, let me ask this question. Do we know the ways of the Lord? Who do we know better? We know God has a way. Yes. And the only way to know his way is to walk his way. Yes. 
And we're going to have to learn how to walk his way no matter what it is. Whatever, whatever it makes us not do anymore. We got to be okay with that. Because whatever God says stop is killing us. So we're looking for, what are we looking for? We're looking for joy, peace, happiness. Where does it come from? Not from our way, but from the Lord, right? So the question is, how long? What's our answer this morning? How long are we going to halt? He said, how long? And so our answer this morning is, today, that's it. Yes. <laughs> what is it? It's, it's, it's one-on-one central time. That, that, that's long enough. <laughs> we are no longer halting between two opinions. We're not going to serve Baal. We're not going to be uh, trying to figure out if God be God. Is God God? Amen. If you ever want to see how God is, go to read Ezekiel's story. Read Elijah's message. Read, read John the Baptist. Read, read, read Jacob. Read Esther. Read, read Priscilla. Read, read all these books and see if God is truly God. Did somebody make it to the promised land? Amen. Anybody know who they were? Who were they? Why? They fully, they had another spirit in them, and they followed God fully. Amen? We gonna get there? We all gonna get there? My question today, y'all, you gonna help somebody else get there? See, if I get there and don't see y'all, it's gonna be a little depressing. I hope it'd be depressing if y'all got there and I wasn't there. (laughs) They probably say, ooh, that pastor show, he ain't here. Good, Lord have mercy. <laughs> we got to help each other get there. We got to love each other to there. We got to be there for each other. We learned this morning that slander is the enemy of the church. Oh, we got to love each other more than slander. We got to say, Lord, I, 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 I surrender all to you this morning. I want to give my whole heart to you. I don't even know what that means, but I'm giving it to you. I don't know what it takes to make it to the promised land, but I know one thing. You told me to give my whole life to you, and that's what I want to do this morning. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to let it go? No matter how precious it is, let it go. If it's mother and father, let it go. If it's husband or wife, let it go. If it's children or grandchildren, let them go. Because only God can teach you how to make all that work. Love him first, was it last? and best. Let's have a word of prayer. (laughs) Thank you for taking the time to tune us in today. We pray that you've been blessed by the word. If you would like more of these sermons, please check us out on our YouTube page, download our podcast, and like and share us on Facebook and Twitter. May God bless you today and forevermore.